This is Womanhood. Welcome to Womanhood, a podcast created to empower and give voice to all women's experiences, which are typically stigmatized and silenced in society. I'm your host, Mimi Healy. Hi, welcome to Womanhood. Today I'm speaking with Leah Wong Ashburn, who is the CEO and president of Highland Brewing, which is based in Asheville, North Carolina. Leah took over the position from her father, Oscar Wong, who was the founder and creator of Highland. He created the brewery in 1994, and it is actually the first post-prohibition brewery in Asheville. Highland Brewing ships 47,000 barrels a year to the Carolinas and five other southeastern states and attracts 100,000 visitors a year for tastings, tours, weddings, and civic meetings. Leah is an absolutely phenomenal woman. We discuss topics involving race, womanhood, what being a female CEO in the craft beer industry is like, the importance of getting outdoors, and so much more. Thank you so much for listening. and I'm a family owner, second generation, and president and CEO of Highland Brewing Company. Highland is located in the beautiful setting of Asheville, North Carolina, um, a city that has earned the Beer City title four (laughs) times, sometimes sharing that with another great um, beer city around the U.S., but uh, that was a a really fun, fun title to earn because we started the beer economy, the beer industry and the beer kind of excitement in Asheville in 1994. Hmm. We are the largest brewery native to North Carolina, and I believe we're the largest family-owned native to the Southeast. So that's pretty exciting. That is exciting. I didn't know that. That's cool. Highland is also, was the first brewery in Asheville post-Prohibition, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was when there wasn't a whole lot going on downtown in Asheville. Mm. And so the concept of a brewery was something that the permitting offices and all of the other organizations and agencies didn't really know how to say yes to. So mm. it, it, it took a little while to say yes, and it, and it also took a little while to gain the confidence of the community that we would be a good member of the community, that it was a good thing mm-hmm. to have a brewery. So that's been, um, you know, I give my father all the credit in that because I did not come to the company until much later, but mm-hmm. it's been a really amazing journey as, um, you know, kind of the questions that surrounded the presence of a brewery in a community um, and now confidence and the excitement and the love that this community has um, for craft beer industry and for Highland also. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to see how craft beer has 
just like exploded, especially in the Asheville area. Um, I'm sure growing up and seeing that was really interesting. And were you born in Asheville? I know I was born in San Francisco of all places. (laughs) It's super cool to claim, but I don't remember it because I was young and we moved when I was, I don't know, two or three. So I was raised in New Jersey until I was 15. And then we went to Charlotte, North Carolina. And then my family actually preceded me in coming to Asheville. So they came up in the early 90s and I moved to Asheville in about 2012 full time. Uh, The first question I just ask every guest on the podcast is what does being a woman mean to you? Or, um, you know, what do you love about, like, identifying with the experience of womanhood or however you would like to answer that? Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, it's it's not like I've had a, a different experience to compare it to. So it's a real it's kind of an interesting question mm-hmm. to ask without sort of a frame of reference. Uh, that's usually how I collect an answer. To something is like what's my frame of reference what what do I have to compare to I think um part of womanhood it, the feeling to me the experience I've had is that I get to add I feel like a female voice among male voices adds value um and mm-hmm. so that's um partly the way that that I was raised and and that's really fortunate because not everyone is raised that way mm-hmm my both of my parents have a huge role in that and um and i you know it's it's really a place of privilege that i get to kind of say those words and have that experience my dad's been confident before i was confident that i could lead the brewery mm-hmm. and and that was you know something that uh i kind of knew was on his mind but i it was too big for me to think about for a while so i joined highland as a salesperson and Ever since that moment, he's he's encouraged me to, you know, kind of take on a, a bigger role. And I became president in 2015 when I even said, I'm not sure I'm ready. And he was like, you're ready. I'm announcing it to the board. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There's so much confidence. <laughs> yeah, it's really been wonderful. And uh, he's always been a thrower in and she'll learn how to swim kind of guy. Mm. Um and I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist, so I want to do everything well. And I think that's sort of another part of my answer is that I should, as a woman, I think I shoulder the need to do everything and mm-hmm. to do everything well. And that is a completely unrealistic inspiration for anyone to have. So that's um, a little bit of the mix of womanhood um, mm-hmm. and society's kind of I don't know, uh, transition from like my mom's generation when women went to college to be a secretary or a nurse or a teacher and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then my generation where we can really do everything, but we're kind of the first ones to do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's a part of my personal nature and again, back to my upbringing. So a lot, a lot involved in that. Yeah. How did you come into the role of president and what was that transition like from your previous career? I used to work for 
a basically a printing company. I call it, I call it educational sales. And I was a contractor. So independent. I ran my own kind of business in a bubble for 13 years. I did it very well. I was a, a really good performer within the company across the country and took a lot of pride and got a lot of joy from that career. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was talking to my father about Highland and enjoying the beer. And I loved telling friends about what dad does and mm-hmm. introducing him to Gaelic ale at the time was our, was our only beer for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I took a lot of joy and pride in, in telling people about the brewery, but it was, it was really a, I think a 16 year conversation between me and dad before I actually joined the company. Wow. And it started with me asking for a job when I was in my mid twenties and he didn't, he didn't need me. And I, I didn't know, you know, I couldn't contribute <laughs> that much at any, at that time. I just thought it would be an easy and fun job. And um, he wanted me to find my own way and he turned me down and told me I needed to find my own way. Wow. So, yeah, I, you know, in hindsight, amazing advice and definitely the right move. So mm-hmm. um, I, I did that and found this 13-year um, career adventure that, that I really loved. And we continued to talk about the brewery. So midway through that, he actually offered me the job that I had asked for at Highland. And, and this time I turned him down. I went well into, you know, my independence and... Um, you know, your, your goals are, I think my goals have been different in my twenties and thirties than they are in my forties and fifties. And the, um, the financial rewards of doing that job were my goal Mm -hmm. for a large part of the time that I did that job. And then my goals started to change and I was looking for a new challenge and the financial end was, you know, that's, it's necessary, but it's, it didn't take up as much weight in all of the goals that I had. So a new challenge and something uh, meaningful in a different way, because it was meaningful, but meaningful in a different way became more important. So I finally joined the brewery in, in 2011 as a salesperson, and that was the right way to do it. It was um, more of a familiar setting for me to travel a little bit um, and, and have this kind of sales position. Uh, it's not who I am in my heart. I'm not a salesperson at heart, but I can do it. And, mm-hmm. and that was a great way to learn on the ground, meet customers, meet retailers, work with our wholesalers. And mm-hmm. I did that for about a year and a half before coming to Asheville and transitioning to more of a marketing role and then into administrative leadership. of Highland Brewing's employees are female, which is pretty amazing considering the gender gap in the beverage industry. I recently read a report from a 2014 Stanford University research team that looked at women in craft beer and found that only 3% of breweries had an exclusively female CEO. What has your experience with gender in craft beer been as a female CEO? Craft beer is generally very welcoming and the, you know, the people that are attracted to the industry are, I think, pretty open-minded and, 
and fair-minded and and welcoming and so I have had a great experience among my peers and within the company um I can't I can't say that I've always been treated the way I would like to be treated. I've been, I've been patted on the head by a few people, by a few (laughs) men along the way, like, Oh, like that's cute, you know? Mm. Um, and, and, but it's been the exception versus the rule. And I can, um, I can focus my energy on either, you know, changing that person, which I'm probably not going to do or, uh, focus on ways where I can make a difference and where I, where I'm, you know, treated equally. And so that's, that's really been the majority of it. I, I have been welcomed. I've been strengthened, um, very much challenged by the industry because it's changed so much, but that's been an experience, you know, across men and women everywhere. Mm-hmm. I looked up a couple of really cool things that, that I wanted to share about Highland activities and we are just shy by one person of 50% women in management. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing because you know how small the number is when you get up to CEOs. I think you said 3%. Yeah. 3%. Yep. So that women leaders is wonderful. And that we have a female at least one in every single department and this is of like last week we have a woman in every department at Highland Brewing Company wow that's awesome that's incredible it wasn't really our goal it wasn't like okay we have to have a woman here we've Mm -hmm. chosen the best candidate and I think that it speaks to having a woman leader that maybe that maybe that attracts more women to apply maybe having Mm -hmm. women managers that are in the community says, okay, Highland values women's input and it, it just becomes a, a positive loop. Mm-hmm. So that has led us to some, some activities like we hosted the first beer de femme and that mm-hmm. was a beer festival where it was all presented by women. And that was at Highland in uh, March, 2019. And it raised money for Pink Boots, which is an organization that supports women in the brewing industry through scholarships and education. So that was really wonderful. Um, And then we also hosted, right before the shutdown this year, the Women's Adventure Film Tour. Oh, wow. Oh, it was so cool. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. The the greatest thing. We had to extend it to two nights so we could fit everybody in. Wow. there were these uh, shorts that were really wonderful, and one of them was uh, featured a local woman, Jennifer Farr Davis, and she held the record for hiking the AT for men and women Whoa. for five years. She's incredible. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I had no idea that those – well, I, number one, had no idea about the numbers in Highland, and also those events sound amazing. Um, I actually saw Pink Boots online when I was, you know, like doing a bit of research um, on Highland and on uh, your work. And um, I think that's so cool that 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 exists. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it it is a a wonderful organization. Actually, one of our our staff members, Katie, she's a brewer, and she got a scholarship from Pink Boots and was able to go to Germany and study and one of the recipes inspired from her trip has been brewed uh, at least three times at Highland and we're gonna 
do it again. So it just, it keeps giving and it's really awesome. Oh, that's so cool. That is awesome. And I definitely, um, think that, uh, having what you were saying with like having a woman leader attracts more women. Um, I definitely think that's true. And I think it's a really amazing example for other organizations and companies. And I mean, even just in government, like the uh, numbers have shown that having, you know, a female leader can positively contribute to a lot of aspects of society in terms of like violence and security and, um, so I think just on the scale of even like a brewery, obviously you guys are doing so much good in attracting these female uh, business women and uh, brewers and everything who I'm sure will just continue contributing to that, you know, good that you guys are doing. Um, that's really awesome. Yeah, I'm sitting here nodding my head as you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty incredible to see what Highland is doing and how Highland is incorporating all genders. I also like know that you had mentioned um, talking about race and like your awareness of your identity and I was wondering if you wanted to touch a bit more on that. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to, and I, I will admit that I, I don't have the most developed language around the topic yet, but it's just mm-hmm. something that has been so on my mind this year with all of the racial conversation, and I, I do believe um, development because my awareness has never been higher, and I think as a nation that is also true, and I think that we'll grow from that. So mm-hmm. what I... <laughs> I mean, jokingly, I have I have referred to myself uh, with some friends that I've had some really valuable conversations with. I've referred to myself as a person of tint. <laughs> um, so uh, my father is is ethnic Chinese, born and raised in Jamaica, oh. and my mother is French Canadian from Massachusetts. Like it couldn't be any whiter. <laughs> So I have, I've taken on more of my father's physical characteristics. I have more of his skin color and hair color. and um, I look different. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even two months ago when I asked my husband, for the first time in my life, I asked anyone on the planet, and it happened to be my husband, do you think of me as white? And he said, no. And I was kind of surprised I I always have known that I've looked different but I just I didn't know that other people made a judgment about whether I was white or not Mm. and it really started a conversation in my head about like whose decision is it what race I am um Mm -hmm. not that I prefer to be one or the other but it was just it was sort of taken out of it's my identity but it's but it's decided by externally. And I think that's really interesting. Um, I think it's fascinating that, that president Obama is referred to as black when he's half black. And Mm -hmm. so like, why is that? Um, not good or bad, but I think we should look into why that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting point and something that, um, I'm wondering 
like how do you I guess think of yourself um like in terms of race like when you ask your husband that um do you think of yourself as like identifying with one kind of like outward you know seeming race more than another or has it always been like this kind of like mix of you know the races and cultures in your life I would like for there to be more of a mix of races and cultures in my life um Mm. having when I was in New Jersey um my school was very mixed and my group of friends was like a little teeny tiny UN I mean I had (laughs) friends that were gay straight black white mixed race German Jewish um Central American it that was just my one tiny group Mm. and then when we moved to Charlotte um and I went from a public school to a private school setting it was very very white and um and and in college most of my friends were white and in Asheville and in craft beer most of the people are white Mm. so I am I am most often around mostly white people and and would like for that to change um it doesn't happen overnight and so it's inspired me to have conversations with with friends and even an acquaintance that that my husband knew and said I think this person would like to to talk about race because we talked about it offhand the other day and you know do you want to invite him in and we'll have a beer and really talk about it and we did and it was awesome it was so so empowering um to understand somebody else's perspective and then apply that to my own thinking. So, Mm. um, I just, uh, you know, we're, we're really making, we have an intentional inclusivity, um, meetings at Highland and just really trying to, um, break down barriers that we might not have seen before to make Mm. at least our brewery, you know, our little world that we can influence, um, intentionally, inclusive of everyone and Mm. um, and I'm proud to do that work. Highland has a huge focus on community and sustainability. They have one of the largest solar arrays of all independent craft breweries in the USA and they're the 22nd largest brewery solar array in the world. They also have a hiking trail and are developing new ways to get outside and be active. They have running clubs, they have events involving hiking, running, and just being outdoors. Leah has a huge focus on this as getting outside is incredibly important to her and as we all know it can do amazing and wonderful things for our mental health and well-being. Being outside has always been so valued by my family so we were raised going to parks, parks Mm -hmm. of all kinds, national parks, local parks around the corner, everything, Um, you know, picnic outside, hiking, walking, finding waterfalls or big rocks, whatever it might be. And that has translated for me into love for, I still do all of those things. Um, Whenever I go to a new city, I look at the Greenway system and, and try to try it out. Um, it's sort of an addiction. I go to a new place. I, I look up to see if they have a greenway system. <laughs> oh, wow. It's kind of weird. 
so in in Asheville, um, yeah, we've contributed. I think it's in the range of seventy thousand dollars toward Greenway's efforts, wow. and we've done that through our annual night flight race, which is um, an evening race it's about four four and a half miles, and all of the profit from that race has gone to Greenway efforts. We have um, we're working with a nature center, which is one of our amazing neighbors and we're trying to build a path a soft surface path to connect their property to ours and eventually that would also connect to a greenway that's going to be part of the nature center property so it just provides so much connectivity and and it can get people to work it can get them to grocery stores it can Mm. provide safe safe outdoor healthy exercise for families um you know get get a lot of people off of out of their cars um if they even have a car it can get people Mm -hmm. um, moving around that that don't have a car and give them give them a a way to get to work so i just feel like there's so many advantages and um something that that i value so much is just moving and so that kind of freedom to move from wherever you are in a safe way is important to me Mm -hmm. how does that relate to Highland's value on, you know, sustainability? Um, I think, I think it's, you know, at the, at the root is really my intent to have Highland be a good business. And I get to decide what good means, uh, which Mm -hmm. is such a privilege. So we have, um, you've looked these up and so you're, you're aware we have our five areas of focus when Mm -hmm. it comes to our philanthropic work. And those are natural resources, people in need, animals in need, health and wellness, and cultural resources. So we have a partner in each of those areas each year. And and through those and through our vision of what it is to be a good company, um, sustainability comes in and health comes in and so just kind of being a, a good steward mm-hmm. uh, for people and for the planet you know we find ways to do that and developing uh, language around it and our areas of focus and our partnerships has really deepened our connection with those organizations so we can provide them more value uh, which is not always in money it might be an organized volunteer day for our staff mm-hmm. it can be um, a, you know a press release or social posts where we include them and, and get people to go to their website and find out more about them. Um, and so it's, it's really um, helped Highland and our, and helped our staff and helped our customers understand what, what we value and um, what we're going to contribute to mm-hmm. in many, many different ways. Um, and that it keeps morphing. It's really exciting. Like that's part of the value of Highland to me. I have never aspired for Highland to be the biggest brewery. I have aspired for it to be the best one. And I get to decide what best means. And I have this amazing team that is looking for, you know, always looking for that definition. And we're always moving toward that vision. It's, it's, it's really powerful. And, um, it makes me, uh, that it inspires me, you know, money Mm -hmm. itself never been, my inspiration. I think um, contributing to something bigger than that is what drives me.
As a businesswoman and CEO, what advice would you give to other women? Um, I mean, this one's pretty, pretty short for me. Um, there are always other aspects, but I think finding a tribe is my biggest advice. And it has to be outside of the company and it has to have elements outside of the industry. Finding people that, that you trust, that trust you, that love you, you love them. You know, that, that place where you can really kind of let things roll. Conversations got to flow freely and you can share challenges and successes and have people around you that really want you to succeed and will give you support and the best feedback. Um, it can be it can be lonely being a, the leader um, because there are just certain things that you can't share <laughs> publicly or within your team um, or have to do so carefully and but finding a place where you can um you know give and take freely is is incredibly important Mm -hmm. thank you so 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 much for being open and willing to speak with me and just share your words with every everyone in the podcast yeah it's a total pleasure maybe was created and produced by Mimi Healy with original sound design by Matthew Peary.